Good morning, Cincinnati, and welcome into another episode of the Bearcat Brunch, brought to you by our wonderful partners at Royal Links Golf Tours. With the Ryder Cup wrapping up today in Italy, Royal Links Golf Tours, in celebration of that, is offering an incredible eight-night, three-round-of-golf couples trip to Italy next September. This thing is loaded. There will be a boat tour of Lake Garada, four winery tours, a day in Venice, a tour of Florence, half-day Tuscan cooking class, a day in Parma, and then obviously three wonderful rounds of Italian golf. Royal Links Golf Tours is a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences to Italy. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They're immersive cultural and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Links Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play golf in Italy and taste the flavors of Tuscany and the best wines in the world, please visit their website at royallinksgolftours.com or call them directly at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are off on another Sunday morning recapping Friday night's uh, loss at BYU in UC's first Big 12 road game, 35-27. Unfortunately, the Bearcats a little bit more of the same. A little bit better in areas, but, you know, a lot of similar stuff that we've talked about the last two weeks as they've dropped their third in a row. We are uh, trying to locate my co-host. I'm not sure exactly where he's at right now. So uh, we're going to go solo here, hopefully not for too long. And uh, you guys can, you know, we'll make this one maybe a little bit more interactive than, uh, than usual. When I got Jeff here to kind of fire back and forth. So, you know, send any questions. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Chris. But, you know, you go on the road against the team. We talked about it on Wednesday night. You know, if you're just going by S&P Plus, they're almost the same. I think BYU was 48th, UC was 49th. On the road, and you basically hand them 14 points. And UC is just not in a place right now, whether it's talent, execution, depth, inconsistencies, um, luck where you can afford to do that in a conference game on the road. You have an interception return for a touchdown. You have a muffed punt, sets them up on the 15-yard line, and it's just not a recipe to win. Even though, again, we're looking at these games where if you're just box scoring it, you're like first downs, check, total yards, check, you know, all the thing, time of position, big check. But – you still have some of the same problems. Two red zone field goals. Uh, a couple misses on fourth downs. Mentioned the interception. That one seemed to be maybe a little bit of miscommunication and also just a little bit of, like I said, luck. The DB is playing zone and is when he's not really supposed to be. And, you know, it's a bad throw. Emory Jones has to cut down on his turnovers. I mean, there were other guys around there. It's not like his guy was wide open and it was just a, a play that you would don't expect. Like, I'm not sure it was a great decision in general. Uh, I mean, you get pretty good games on the ground from both Corey Kiner and Miles Montgomery, plus another good game from Emory Jones on the ground. You're well over 200 yards rushing. Uh, it's just, you know, it's frustrating when 
you feel like you're making progress, you're getting closer, but then you have these same type of things that pop up. Um, you know, offense has been the story, but, you know, defensively, you play an, an exceptional first, what, 39 plus or 29 plus minutes and then give up a touchdown drive in roughly 30 seconds. Um, you know, I'm not big on the uh, prevent defense, so to speak. On that first down play that started the drive, they only brought three and didn't get to the quarterback. And I kind of didn't agree with that in the moment. They had seemed to, they didn't get any sacks on the day, which is an alarming uh, stat to begin with. But they, at least in the first half, they were making them uncomfortable. They couldn't run the ball. They had got them into the one dimensional aspect of the game that we thought they were going to get into. And then you kind of hang, hang back on that first down play and it results in you know a 23 24 yard gain and then on the second play then I'm kind of like okay they got they got something out of it maybe now like play a little bit more coverage and on the second one they brought pressure didn't get there and you know you have another 24 yard play so now they're in business get a pass interference and then just totally blow a coverage on kind of a switch route, you know, two guys, the two outside guys ran post slants, whatever you want to call it, the inside guy looped behind them, and it just got totally missed, and you give up an easy touchdown. In a game that, you know, it's 10-7, you're still kind of shooting yourself in the foot in certain areas, but you have the lead on the road. They haven't really stopped you moving the ball. You're just getting bogged down again in, in the red zone and on fourth down. And you're down. And then to start the third quarter, you go three and out. <clears throat> and they go right down the field. And on third and 13, you give up a 27-yard touchdown run. It's just the, the frustrating things that continue to pile up on this team when you, when you see glimpses and you think that they're doing things a little bit better. Um, the long touchdown to Chase Roberts is – I mean, he was not – King Slovis was not throwing him the ball. He made an incredible play to break whatever route he was running off to dart in front of Brian Threats, who would have had an interception, who would was playing that not expect like he's not expecting that receiver to to change that route and make that move to get the ball. And those are just kind of the shake your head moments when you're in these kind of losing streaks and in these kinds of spots where you can't find consistency that you just go, you know, when it rains, it pours, so to speak. And, oh, hello, Jeff. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Tired. <laughs> Tired. Yeah. I hear you. Tired of a lot of things. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could, could join us. Yeah. Yeah. How are we? We're, we're hanging in there. You know, just kind of did, doing a quick uh, quick little recap of how things went and, you know, more of the same. Some areas definitely of improvement, but, you know, I said when you're playing a team that you're, you know, on paper very, very 
you know, even with from a data and analytical standpoint, and you basically hand them 14 points, um, and then you still have some of your same issues, you know, two red zone field goals, inconsistency on fourth down. They were much better on third down Friday night. Um, but it's just it's hard to it's hard to get wins when you're playing very like teams and you're you know making those type of errors you know no turn we didn't force any turnovers we didn't yeah. have any sacks like those are the things we're supposed to hang our hats on you know we dominate defensively until the very end of the first half and then you know yes a little luck is involved but then you give up three straight touchdowns um and you're just kind of like left going, well, what what changed? You know, what? <clears throat> why were we so successful for 29 minutes and then seemingly couldn't stop them for the rest of the game? You know, or averaging almost 10 yards of play at that point. After- I think in, I was just saying, I think in the uh, in the third quarter, uh, BYU averaged like almost 12 yards of play. Yeah. So, uh, Darren Fan brings up like, do you, do you think uh, other teams are making better halftime adjustments than you see? Feel some of that has to be the case. I mean, I'm, I have always thought that the halftime adjustment thing is is a bit overrated. I don't know if people truly understand like what really goes on in halftimes. I know college halftimes are a little bit longer than. NFL half times and but I mean like we didn't stop moving the ball in the second half I mean maybe defensively there were some things that we could have done better I mean but like it's just guys I mean the Chase Roberts touchdown is it Dorian Jones is untouched coming up the middle Slovis you know makes a sidestep to his left and then throws a pass that I had mentioned, like, was not intended for Chase Roberts. He admitted that, didn't he? I mean, it was obvious watching it. Like, that was not intended for him. He made an – so it's it's Slovis making a play to get out of the sack. It's him throwing the ball there. And it's Roberts making a great play to whatever, you know, adjustment or <clears throat> you know, whatever he's doing. Like, at some point, you – to just make plays like you know it's 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 as simple as that um so you know yeah i mean there's always going to be adjustments made throughout the game and, and things of that nature but like from a coaching standpoint but like on that play in particular i mean two guys on their team made plays to to that resulted in a touchdown and we didn't make a play. We had the, I mean, I want that situation 10 times out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a free runner at a, an immobile quarterback and then a, a bad pass. I want that, but they made the plays and we didn't. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Grant asked, Thoughts on the O-line Friday? I mean, 
they are a solid run blocking unit. We need to be able to break some more runs. But I mean, 31 carries for like 133 yards out of the two main running backs. And Emory had another good running day. Like we need to keep doing that. Like I have no problems in that regard. Like breaking runs is a running back thing. It's not a line thing. You don't break 30, 40, 50 yard runs because the line block grade. It's the running back has to make a guy miss. The running back has to break a tackle. Like that's the difference between a 12 yard run and a 30 yard run. Pass protection. I mean, it's, I want to say it was a little bit better, but we knew coming in that BYU wasn't this like vaunted pass rush. And they still made some plays. I, I still have pretty big concerns with the tackles. I just don't think it's like, I think we know what it is at this point. Like, I, I don't think we're going to just all of a sudden go into the bye week and come out and be like, have some big revelation of, whoa, these two guys are now like plus players on the offense, you know, like you, you're going to have to just kind of scheme that up, figure that out. Hope they play a little bit more consistent. I think both of them at times, you know, and at crucial times have made, you know, errors, but you know, that's what you have when like we, we knew it coming in, like, We've been talking about it since the summer. We thought the interior of the line was going to be pretty good. And I think that has bared fruit. And we said we thought that the tackles were going to be a work in progress and a potential liability. And I think that's still the case. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, when you talk about, like, the team being able to make some, you know, more wholesale changes, though, you know, going from Oklahoma to BYU, you've got a short week, and now at least you have a bye week. Um, and some of those things can hopefully get certainly ad- addressed. Certainly, uh, you weren't gonna like on a short week with a travel day out west. You weren't gonna see like some big wholesale changes of of lineups and whatnot. I mean, yeah, yeah. This week is definitely for self scouting and evaluating and seeing like, okay, who can, who needs to play more, who needs to play like all of that, you know? So, you know, it's, it's frustrating because it's more of the same and it's frustrating because it's more of the same. Like you see, you know, you see moments where you're like, that is too easy. Like getting the ball to Shemo Mater. What? That shouldn't be that hard, and it wasn't. You right. know, running the ball consistently. Well, I mean, that this team is going to run the ball. They didn't run it great against Oklahoma. They didn't do anything offensively great against Oklahoma because they were in third and long a lot. So, well, but yeah. like, but four out of the five games, they've ran the ball for over 200 yards and ran it quite well. You know, having Emory as a running quarterback is a big weapon. Um, but it's still, like, you know, you look at the numbers and the, especially the plays and the yards, and it's just not efficient. Like, if you're running in the 80s and 90s in plays, you should be scoring in the 40s, not in the 20s. Absolutely. And that's been, I mean, I was as I was like thinking about this week, like, coming, like obviously we had like a whole day in between kind of the game and. And now it's like, I feel like the last three weeks are just carbon copy of 
issues that don't seem to be moving in the right direction, but there's like this skeletal framework of things that once everything else starts clicking, it'll it'll be nice. That's a, it, I mean, just, that, that it's is gotta the, happen though. That's the uber frust. That has to be the crazy frustrating part to them is that bad teams, bad offenses don't put up 500 yards, go 50% on third down, run the ball for over 200 yards, throw the ball for 250. Like, bad offenses don't do that. So, it's hard to say it's a bad offense, but then good offenses, when they do what they did, they score 40. And that's what happens when you kick two, two more red zone field goals. Like, good offenses... Capitalize like capitalize on that type of yardage, that type of rushing. Like it's just too hard for them. Like even on their scoring drives, it's too hard. It's too too long. You know, you have a what a six minute. I was trying to look at this earlier. You had a six, almost seven minute touchdown drive. Which I mean, if it results in a touchdown, I don't give a crap at this point how long it takes. Right. Um, you know, and and the other ones actually weren't bad. You know. The touch, two touchdown drives late, a minute 54, a minute 10. You know, I know the last one you're you're trying to go as fast as you can, but, you know, scoring is more important than anything. You know, the Chase Brown field goal in the second quarter, two-and-a-half-minute drive. So it wasn't, it wasn't awful, but, you know, you have a 14-play, 71-yard, six-minute drive in the third quarter. That results in a twenty-two-yard field goal. You know, if you score a touchdown there, it's twenty-one seventeen, and then they they hit that play to to chase Roberts, and it's it's kind of you know it's kind of over at that. It feels felt like it was kind of over at that point at twenty-eight thirteen. Um, but like, I mean. It's frustrating. You would would think, right, you would think laws of averages have to bear out at some point that if you keep gaining 500 yards, you keep keep having 20-something third down, first downs, keep having the ball for 30-plus minutes, that eventually you're going to convert those field goals into touchdowns. You're going to pick up a couple of those fourth downs again, like, like we, we've said before, you can you cannot like the play, you cannot like the execution, but like it's a problem, and so it's on everybody. Yeah, and and you would think that this week is going to be a real deep dive into all of those situations and and looking at all of those play calls and all of those executions and seeing okay, is there any pattern here? Like, are we calling very similar plays? Okay, if we are, why? Because we're not executing them. Or are they just bad play calls? Or is the same guy or same two guys not executing? Okay, well then don't call that play. Don't put them in that spot. You know, the axiom is always from coaches. It's our job to put the players in the best chance to succeed. Well, okay, maybe a fourth down quick swing pass like to your tight end is not the best play to put your players in a position to succeed. Because I feel like we've seen that a couple times and it hasn't worked yet. 
whether it's been down by the goal line on like a scoring type of play or on fourth down. And then the uh, the play, oh, it was maybe towards the beginning. I had the I was in and out of watching the game, so it was a uh, it was down on the goal line, like the the short side of the field, rolling out, trying to squeeze. Like you already have issues in like the when the field's compressed, and then. Right when the field is that compressed and you're on the goal line, then you you want to move to the, you're going to start moving to the short side of the field on a rollout and compress the field even more. And I realized the pass should have been caught, but like, what, why are we doing that to ourselves? Right. Yeah, I don't know if you need to take more of like a, you know, a, comparing it to the Bengals almost, like spread them out and shotgun run and just, Go like, you know, you have some, you have a big back, you have a quick back. Like, it's like we don't throw the same. It feels like we don't throw the same type of passes when we get. And obviously, you can't to some extent, but like, there's no quick slants. There's not been a jump ball to D. Wiggins or Xavier Henderson, Xavier Henderson down in the short red yet. Um, and I feel like that's a throw and play that would suit Emery's, you know, ball placement accuracy ability a little bit. And, and also yeah. given their size, like, you know, not a fade guy, but like a stop route where you just kind of like box the DB out and throw it to the sideline, you know, like back shoulder it where it's, it's either completed more than likely or incomplete. And there's just some stuff that I'm just not really understanding. But then at the same time, you're like, I mean, I'm looking at this. 26 first downs, 242 net yards rushing, 5.1 yards a carry. Um, you know, just the the yards per attempt is not great. 6.9 is it's not bad, but it's not great. Um, you know, but you look at BYU and it's nine yards an attempt. 16 yards of completion, uh, but we we have 498 total yards, 84 plays, 5.9 yards of play, seven penalties. Again, we had we got two two you know defensive pass interferences, a crucial false start down inside the red zone, and the two turnovers. I mean. You can't, I mean, you can't do, I know I know it's asking to play like a perfect game, but like right now, if you're not gonna force a turnover, if your defense that you hang your hat on with pressure isn't gonna sack one of the most, you know, stoic pocket quarterbacks in college football against an offensive line that came into this game pass protecting pretty well, but with changes and in, and injuries, like then I'm not sure like the offense, you know, they made their errors, but but the defense made a lot of I thought the defense did not play very well the second half of the game at all. If you look, the Bearcats are averaging four hundred and ninety yards a game, which puts them third in the Big Twelve. And if Here's our the line we love to to use is like if you would have told me that I, I would have thought that you know we 
that at least we were beating, you know, BYU. And you know, a little bit better than the fact that we're ninth with averaging 30 points a game. And that's yeah. across all the, 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 the all five games, not just Big 12 play. Right. Uh, so this, you know, like, like I said, the, the, the bye week here is, is going to be crucial. They've, they're going to have to, uh, like when I was, I was talking to Aaron, uh, I think it was yesterday maybe, um, and he, he said that practice needs to, like they, they just need to cut the field down to 25 yards and <laughs> in, and that's it. Like that's what that's what they're gonna have to practice I, is like just figure that out. It's hilarious, but like part of it is like I understand because you need to build some confidence. You need to run some plays that these guys can feel good about in those areas because they clearly don't have issues otherwise. Like you're not gonna go up and down the field every single drive. So like yes, there will be punts and whatnot, but like for the most part. They move the ball, not at will, but fairly easily until they get the ball down to the 25. And so, I don't know, maybe you do have some more periods where you're just working red zone stuff and you're really just trying to hone in on five, I don't know what the number is, plays that you feel like these guys really know it and they they feel... Like they, you know, have confidence. Like, I just don't, I think they don't have confidence down there. Like whether they don't have confidence calling the right, calling a good play, whether they have confidence executing, like it's just very hard to understand how you can have really solid run lanes and really solid run game and really solid quarterback running until you get down there. And then it's like, I know the space gets confined and everything, but you know, it's, I know we talked about it a little bit last week. Like, I don't know if once they get down there, if, you know, if, if Emery's like clock shortens up, if everybody else is like, but it inherently loses. does because you just have less space. So like, there's right. not. And then that's obviously causing some, you know, inefficiencies in, in what is going on. And that, I mean, that's pretty blatantly obvious that, once they get down there and the game kind of speeds up and gets into the, the, the tighter areas, they aren't accomplishing the things that they're setting out to do. And it's obviously led to, you know, three losses in a row. Yeah. I mean, Crip Keeper asked if, if, you know, if we think Emory is a first read quarterback, I think that's kind of hard to answer because I'm not sure how much time he has to get to, you know, if you're really asking him to go one to two to three back to one or whatever, like how many plays do you think we have where he has the opportunity to really read it out? Yeah. I I mean, you know, most quarterbacks in college are not going to be doing that either they're not good enough they don't have the receivers that can the number of receivers that can win you know consistently to where if my first read is covered my second or third read is going to be open and I can you know can get to him um I don't have you know understand like personally understanding what I thought he was coming in 
I don't have a ton of problems with how Emory is played. I think the issues are beyond. I mean, no, you're not. You're not sitting here. At least I'm not sitting here going, man. If some, if if they just had better quarterback play, all these times that they're not converting on fourth and short or not converting in the red zone, they'd be converting. That's a that's a hard sell for me. Can he be better? Sure. Can he cut down on turnovers? Absolutely. Like whether it was a a great play by the DB or a receiver fell down, whatever. Like, I don't think it was a great throw. So like, you can't really put the ball there to begin with. Um, you know, yes, you can cut down on turnovers, but like, other than that, I'm just not, I'm not seeing like a lot where I'm like, geez, this guy is like holding the offense back. Like, yeah, they're ready. They're ready to break out. They're ready to break out. If only the quarterback was playing better. There, there's a multitude of issues that are leading to where they're at now. And like I said, they, you can watch these games back in, uh, I know Marcus mentioned like taking out like the EKU game or whatever, but. Which I have it, no idea how you would do that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like if outside of like kind of manually, maybe. Well, like, but that does like, that would be, that would just be like the raw stats. Like, yeah. Less of like efficiency and. And right. things of that, I I would have those formulas that other people way smarter than me. Yeah, you know, have much larger brains than I have. <laughs> but the the skeleton is there, like the the skeletal things that you need to have like a successful team, and and all of those things are there. And and I know it's kind of a crutch to fall back on, but like we mentioned, how surprised we were at the beginning of the year with how well everything flowed. Like, obviously, the game against EKU, that was what we talked about. Let's see how everything flows. Let's see how everything works together. And we said right here that we were really surprised with how well everything seemed to work. And then we saw it again the next week. Things worked pretty well, at least for a half or three quarters of the game at Pitt. Things worked very well. And then I said after the Miami game that I expected those kind of woes to be what we saw kind of, you know, two weeks before that, and maybe they would build into it. So maybe you know, there was an overcorrection of the mean back to a little bit less efficient, obviously. And Ooh. this bye week will help them get back. This team was put together. I mean, there you had what one starter left on offense that came back. Like, yeah, the team was. I don't. I know we use this when we talk about kind of when we talked about the basketball team having some struggles, and now you know football. They, what was left here, and what this when the staff came in and what the staff was expected to do, bringing people in through the portal and you know trying to save what was left of a recruit class. It's frustrating. Yes, uh, obviously we you know. Here, we kind of expect a little bit more now out of the football team, um, which is a good thing. Um, it's always nice to have high standards, and, but you've also got to be a little bit realistic. Um, you can be irrational immediately after a game. Like, that's what fans, a lot of fans do. You know, they're pretty irrational whenever things aren't going the greatest. Um, but, they, you know, I'm obviously, I'm not ready to pull the plug on this uh, this whole thing after five games yeah it's i mean like 
at some point we're gonna phase out of the whole like it's my it's my thing too with like when coaches will pull the crap of like you know well you know these aren't my players blah 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 i'm like right. at some point they're your players i mean you're the coach it's your scheme you 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 know you told them you wanted them to stay like i hate that and then at some point we're gonna have to stop with the whole like you know 11 10 new starters and, and whatever right. like by week you know fig, figure it out like just figure it out like you know every notes very few teams come from one year to the next in a perfect situation and certainly not when you have a coaching change and just i don't want to hear like no more excuses like figure it out yeah. you know you've had all summer you've had all fall you've had five games like let's 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 do it because you know like we said the stuff is there and you keep having the same inconsistency so it's time to like you know if you can't figure it out then maybe you know then you got much bigger problems right it, andrew makes a good point over here he says if you gave fans true serum you know, you'd think they'd be two and three at this point you know obviously flip the miami win and the pit loss um that, that's yeah, I mean, probably true and then like and then like byu i think everybody thought was a, a coin toss game um but you know but things when, have ha- things have happened in front of your eyes so like right. the, the reality yeah. is, is is not like the, we can, you know again yes i had them two and three at this point i had them beating you know in our preseason thing like i thought they'd lose on the road at pit i thought they'd lose friday i thought they'd beat miami but like that doesn't change that like we've seen what it's looked like now and I think that's why you're more just not discouraged, but just frustrated because like you shouldn't have lost the freaking Miami. They barely beat Kent State yesterday. And you could have won yesterday's or Friday's game too. So it's like all the things that we talked about in the summer, you know, you can't say like they're doing they're they're moving the ball and blah blah blah, and then use that as like reason for them <clears throat> to fail in these other areas. Like you either you know, it's it's tenure starters are the problem or they're not <laughs> like right it's not, it well, doesn't seem to be it doesn't seem to be a problem when they're in the 35 yard at the 35 yard say, line from the zero it, to the 20 but it's a problem when you get to the 25 like i got a joke that i'll i won't use you know based off the last few years but like you know it, it can't be can't be both it, it. It's, it can be frustrating though, Dave. And that's what, oh, that's so, what it, it is. is because like, like, you know, we're five games in. Corey Kiner's on pace to rush for almost a thousand yards. Xavier Henderson's on pace to have almost a thousand yard receiving season. Emory Jones is on pace to rush for 700, 800 yards. Miles Montgomery's on pace to rush for like we talked about the numbers that Louisville typically has when they have a good offense in the past and a running quarterback. They've had, you know, over 2,000 yards rushing with three guys, usually like, you know, 800, 600, 600, something like that. And we're right on that number. And, but we can't score any damn touchdowns. And that's the only thing that really matters. Yeah. I mean, like you, you can say like, Oh, you, you lead the big 12 in this, or you, you know, you're towards the top of the big 12 and, and all these other stack categories. But when, you know, when you aren't leading in the points scored in each game, this is where you're at. You know, I, I certainly, you know, yeah. I'll be interested to see what comes out of the, the bye week. Oh, you know, we're going into Iowa state, obviously, you know, on some of the other shows here on, on the old Bearcat journal network, 
uh, they that'll get a little bit more of a deep dive. But you know, they they allowed uh, 50 points, I think, yesterday to Oklahoma. Uh, we obviously did a little bit better in that category there, but like we've got a we've got probably you know maybe four four or five games in a row that are very very winnable. And also very, I mean, you can lose them all. You're right. Yeah. If you're, if you, I mean, the bottom line is, they can win. Outside of maybe Kansas, if Jalen Daniels plays, they can win every game left on their schedule. But if they don't score touchdowns, they're going to lose every, every game. game left on the schedule. I mean, it's yep. really, it's really simple as that. Yeah. I mean, they can rack up as many yards as they want, and if they're not ending those drives in the end zone then we're yeah. going to be sitting here every you, week talking you lose about a, it. A road game on a short week where you travel by 8 points because you lose the turnovers 2-0 and you kick two more red zone field goals. I don't I don't know what what else to break down to say on that. I mean it's just more of the same and that's not you know, we've got to see, got to see some sort of progress elsewhere, uh, and and they, you know they've got they've got a, a week and a half, whatever, to to kind of put it all together and maybe get some uh, some things implemented in the red zone that that will result in in a six instead of you know settling for a field goal attempt. Sure. So. Uh, I don't think we have a game time yet, do we? For Saturday? It, for for Iowa State? Or ne- yeah, for and, next week no, or whatever. That's no, no, still TBD. For, for two weeks, whatever. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, for some reason, the U.S. has kept my attention much longer today than I anticipated. Oh, how's that going? Um, I, I, I saw, it didn't start well. Like when I got off work this morning, it didn't. It, it didn't look like it was good. And there was and, there was about an hour period where it was like, could this happen? And then that's kind of gone away. But like, it's still not technically over. Europe only needs a half point to win. I mean, they have fourteen, so the U.S. would have to run the table the rest of the way to get, you know. Um, so they're not going to win, but it's, it doesn't appear that it's going to be as as bad as it could have been, or even as bad as the U.S. won uh, at Whistling Straits last time. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's. Yeah. Talk about fumbling the bag out there. There were some good, good dust ups. Uh, you know, golfer, and I can say this as a golfer, as a golfer, some good golfer. Anger yesterday after the ma- after oh. the matches, yeah. You know, Rory's fake toughness and you know manufactured manufactured insults and everybody blah blah. blah. I mean, I always love it. You guys are so soft. <laughs> Joe, Joe Lacava's hat waving. Oh no, yeah, no hat pat. I mean, yeah, it's whatever. This is the podcast, even though we're sponsored by a wonderful by. company, but uh... <laughs> but yeah, I mean. <laughs> We end up talking for forty minutes about it when like everything could be distilled down to like five you know, five minutes of the same the same stuff that we, you know, have been talking about. But yeah, you know, whatever. But um 
Any what do what we're uh, I mean, do we go? Do we go to Orlando first with our around the around the country looks? I mean, that was a tough scene. I don't know if you if you caught much of that fourth I, quarter. No, but uh, I I heard that it wasn't uh, in favor of of our uh, our good friends down at the bounce house. I mean, I don't know what was worse: the fact that they blew that game and gave up twenty six points in the fourth quarter, or that like the stadium was three quarters full. Yeah, I did the, see for I the did whole see, game. Uh, I did see like. Somebody had like juxtaposed a tweet where they were like, you know, uh, the Big 12 is not ready for the bounce house. And then right next to it was a picture of like a student section that had like 15 kids in it. Yeah. I mean, I give students a bit of a pass sometimes. Like they were blowing them out. So students leaving in the fourth quarter is not a surprise to me. Like they were crushing them. And it, I can understand students leaving. On the other hand, like there's a lot of other seats that didn't seem to have many people in them. But I mean, you blow that type of game, that can have <clears throat> lasting, you know, lasting implications. I mean, you give up 26 points in the fourth quarter to a team that has not been good all year. Like, if this is Pee Wee football going into the fourth quarter, it's white flagged and the score is frozen and those points don't count unfortunately somehow in a college football game you give up 26 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> yeah so um i'm trying to think uh, texas still looks damn good and especially with ku not having jalen daniels um that's gonna be a problem the Oklahoma game was interesting at the beginning, you know, first possession of the game, Iowa State's freshman quarterback throws a pick six, but then they come right back down and score, kind of went back and forth a little bit, and then it was it was blowout city after that. But, it, I mean, it's their offense seems to be better. Like, they have two, I think, legit receivers. Um, their defense we know is going to be good. I'm glad. Let me see. Let me just make sure. Um, yeah, I'm glad they play a game now before us because I, I didn't, you know, their defensive coordinator, I didn't like, I would not have liked the fact that like he would have been all pissed off at how their defense played. And I feel like they'll probably try to take that out on TCU and thankfully not us. Yeah. And TCU, like, for for all that you know, they were supposed to be or West Virginia's like sneaky good, I guess. Maybe. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Are they? Or um, is... they keep getting crushed with injuries. I know that. Um, but the Mississippi LSU game. Did you see any of that? Um, I I saw that it was going back and forth. That it was a a shootout, but. Yes, they had like twelve hundred yards of total offense. It was it was wild, just a wild game. Very entertaining game when you don't have a rooting interest. Wait, and you're just, yeah, and you don't care if you're not sitting there going, "Oh God, why can't we stop anybody?" You know, like, like, it's, like this it, is fun. It's just a yeah, just a fun game, fun game to watch. Um, uh, 
I thought the uh, I, I know we're kind of skipping around a little bit. I thought the uh, I thought Colorado actually the the USC Colorado game I thought was like yeah you know, I thought Colorado had kind of mailed it in again. I'm like, well, here we go with another you know same I mean, I, showing I, that they had the week before, and then and they you know they come out in the second half of that game, it, it, you know, barred some strange play calls on their last touchdown drive where they ran the ball several times without, uh, without time. I don't think they had any timeouts. Yeah. Uh, they ran the ball several times, like burned off quite a bit of the clock uh, before they scored, but they had a couple of, they had a couple freshmen, uh, like true freshmen that were in the game that. Oh, there was one receiver, Omarion, Omarion Miller, like, hadn't played all year and just had a ridiculous game. I banged the drum for USC, and they were up a lot. But, like, they're going to lose with that defense. Yeah. Like, they're going to lose to Washington, or I don't even, I don't know who they play in the Pac-12. But Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, one of those teams is, is going to beat them if they keep playing defense like that. Yeah, but that, uh, like, yeah, Amarian Miller was made some I mean just insane catches like Shador Sanders was like was slinging the ball pretty well uh, he had some some pretty accurate throws that were uh, on the run and that I thought were you know pretty impressive uh, then they had a they got a, a DB that when they kind of showed him he he's real long and lanky and uh I was like yeah Cormani McLean he was the number yeah. one defensive back in in the country I was like, did they, did somebody like kind of carbon copy like Sauce's body style over there? Yeah. Like, he, 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 he was pretty impressive as well. And I know they kind of, they, they brought that up, talked about him. Um, I see Alabama thumped Mississippi State. That wasn't even, wasn't anything. Uh, Oklahoma hung 50 on Iowa State. We talked about that. Your Vols. Uh, was there an injury in that game? In which one? I'm sorry. With your vols. Mm, to who? I don't know. I, I just read something where somebody had mentioned that they were. Oh, Broom, yeah, one of the wide receivers, Brew McCoy. He his leg went a direction that it's not supposed to go. Got it. So. Oh, oh, what about the uh, the University of Kentucky Wildcats and their running back with makes, 280 yards? Makes us losing to Florida look even shittier um <laughs> 33 to 14 and two i mean 26 carries 280 yards three touchdowns uk is running back yeah Van vanderbilt transfer ray davis <laughs> that's uh that's quite the stat line yeah um I don't know uh, what else. I don't know if there was anything that was like. I'm trying to think if anything else. I was a little surprised Arizona hung with one. It wasn't on. It was on Pac-12 Network. Um, yeah. But still haven't seen Washington's offense, even though I'd love to. <laughs> right. Well, find the uh, find whatever streaming service uh, that they, you know, offer for you to to watch. I feel, it or... I feel awful for Duke and Riley Leonard. Oh. That like game, that you, was fourth and sixteen. You give that up, but what and, about, I mean, and then he gets hurt. Oh, I haven't heard it 
the severity of it. Obviously, he was on crutches after the game, but like. You're having a great season. You have the chance to get a win. You give up the fourth and sixteen. You give up the touchdown. You lose, and then your quarterback, you know, you lose gets... on a strip sack that then his leg, his ankle, twisted in a way that it's not supposed to. Um, that was that was like the the double whammy of you know, yeah, not what you want there. And you know, Notre Dame, like to their credit, like they. Minus the injury part, you know they kind of lost that way last week, um, and then kind of come down and the, the fourth and sixteen run by Sam Hartman was something for uh, for the legends, as they <laughs> yeah. say. Uh, I mean he he got, and he got rocked pretty good when he when he jumped for that the final like three four yards like there was you know three Duke players that you know were waiting. A yard and a half past the sticks. I have to. Uh, I have to admit, I didn't see it. I fell asleep on the couch and then woke up as they're going for two. I'm like, oh, oh I guess. I guess they might win. <laughs> it was. It was crazy because it's like you know, it's fourth and sixteen. You're like, okay, there's no way. Like, no, this isn't gonna happen. He he steps up in the pocket and then he starts rolling out and he like he very clearly was gonna obviously you know do what you want a quarterback to do on fourth and long, which is like at least get the ball in the air and give somebody a chance. Yeah. And, like and somehow take, like... everything from the, the, like not even the hash, but like the mid, the center of the field all the way to the right side, there was not a single Duke player anywhere around. Ugh. And he, he took off running and then there were three Duke players that were about a yard and a half past the sticks. And then one that came in from the side and he jumped and got, I mean, he got, he got hit pretty hard. Um, but after that, you, I mean, once you complete a fourth and 16, when you convert a fourth and 16 and in that fashion, they were, they were like three for 14 or something or, or two for 14 on third down conversions in the, in the game up to that point. So obviously oh, they didn't they get the done... third down and then, then they get a fourth and 16. I mean, yeah, it's the thing. It's like Duke's defense was nails all game. And then, oh God, mm, I hate that. Yeah. yeah, I like it from I like it for old Marcus Freeman though. Yeah, I guess I just you know I like to see teams that have been you know not great come up and have a good year and then yeah and, and, and then then to have it happen like that and end like that and with your quarterback and I was gonna say with the loss with the loss of Riley Leonard I mean like Duke has been playing good football yeah I mean that's They've the been thing is like good football and then you lose Riley Leonard and I, I don't even like I obviously I don't you think you lose the game but he's still healthy like you can still go on and have maybe the best season in Duke history I mean I don't know their I don't know their history but without him I find that hard say, to believe I can't I can't imagine that I mean they, they would have obviously Florida State in two weeks or three weeks they have a bye week here they do have a bye week, so maybe if it's not as bad as, but he came out on a crutch. I mean, it's just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're you're looking at probably like you said, you, you don't know their 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 history totally, but like you would think a you know maybe a, a one two loss season would be up there with the uh, some of the best seasons that they've that they've ever put together. Yeah. Um, what and um, I think that was something that they could have done, uh, obviously without rather than uh, that's yeah, doesn't seem likely. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there was anything else too anything earth shattering, noteworthy. Um, 
you know, Desmond Ritter is in action today. He's probably glad that it's an early game and people aren't a lot of people aren't watching because he's not playing very well. Has an interception, oh. interception for a touchdown, another interception. They're down seventeen, nothing. Last I saw, um, are they in London? So, yes, they're somewhere. And there's some like weird Toy Story. It's on ESPN Plus, and then there's like a Toy Story broadcast as well, which, from the what? looks of it on Twitter, it's not awesome or I don't know. It seems very weird. <laughs> um. I'm a little bit confused. Like, a, oh, here's some highlights of it. It looks like, uh, like a like a Nintendo 64 video game. That's yeah. very weird. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but uh, we'll have uh, Sauce versus Patrick Mahomes. Is that tonight? I think that's tonight. The Sunday night game. Uh, Anthony Richardson is back for the Colts, so you know, hopefully, we can get a connection going with Alec Pierce. I know you got the Vikings and Panthers. Bryce Young is back in that game. Maybe, maybe Ivan Pace can can get him a couple times there. Uh, trying to the think. Vikings are zero and three. I did not realize that. Ben, Bengals play the Titans, where Chris Moore is. What well, I think their num- will probably be their number two receiver today because I think Traylon Burks is out, so it's DeAndre Hopkins and Chris Moore at receiver for the Titans. But um, other than that, I don't know. Do you have anything else for for Bearcats in the NFL? Anything you're you're going to be watching today? Well, I mean, aside from the 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 Chiefs and the Jets uh, this evening, and then you, know, like you said, like I didn't even realize Desmond Ritter was already playing. Um, and then the, I know we don't I know we don't like the Browns, but. Yeah, Jerome Ford up there. Jerome as Ford, Ar- but uh, as, Sean as, Watson is is out today. Sean Watson's out. okay, so they're probably going to have to lean on uh, on RB one. Dorian Tom- the Dorian Thompson Robinson Jerome Ford Kareem Hunt attack. Didn't think you'd be saying that about the Browns October first. Well, that's <laughs> why is Deshaun Watson out? <laughs> Shoulder. Suspended. Something's wrong with his shoulder. Oh. Make all the jokes you want there. You should probably get that looked at. <laughs> but uh but yeah, apparently, yeah, I'm not trying to get off here, but uh apparently a uh I don't know if this thing is over yet. Um but uh, there's a chance it could be tied. There's four matches on the course. I think we're leading two of them. Two of them maybe were tied or down one. So much closer than I thought. Um, but anyway, we will have a show next week. We will probably do some, you know, because the buy, the off week kind of falls almost directly in the middle. So we'll kind of, you know, take a, a deeper dive into some stats, some numbers, kind of where we are in the first half, looking at the teams we're going to be playing the rest of the way, having a nice Saturday where we can sit back and watch, you know, as much Big 12 football, especially Red River. That should be a great game. Can't wait to watch that. And uh, and we'll be back next Sunday 
with another episode of the Bearcat Brunch, brought to you as always by our great partners at Royal Links Golf Tours. Check them out. They have an incredible, you, I don't think you're on yet. They have an incredible eight night trip to Italy planned for next year, three rounds of golf, cooking classes, four winery tours. I mean, if you're if you're into that, I would absolutely reach out to Hayden, reach out to Jeff, head to their website, uh, check all that out. Again, thank you to everybody that faithfully comes in with us on Sunday mornings. Crypt Keeper, Marcus, Natalie, everybody, Andrew, Roy, Darren, Chris, Grant, Alex. Thank you guys. Really, really appreciate it. Like, subscribe. Tell your friends, check out the Bearcat Brunch. We will be back next Sunday to talk more Bearcats football. Have a great Sunday, everybody.